Oh dear. Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Coding Podcast, the show where we discuss everything there is to know about app development. In today's show, I speak with lead iOS developer at Spock, Andrea Scuderi. We discuss app development as a whole, pros and cons of unit testing, and most importantly, we talk all about server-side Swift. That's right. We talk about building serverless backend infrastructure deployed to AWS and written entirely in Swift. Now onto the show. So before we get into this episode, I was recently having a cleanup on my machine and deleted a particular file because I had no idea what it was um, or what it was there for. Word of warning, when you do that, bad things happen. In this instance, what happened was I deleted my recording of myself from this conversation you're about to hear. So instead, you're going to hear just one side of the conversation and you're going to have to guess the questions that I asked. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. I actually did delete the recording of myself from this conversation. So instead of those sweet, crisp tones you're used to hearing from me on this podcast, you now have to settle for the Zoom recording of both sides of this conversation. So word of warning, find out what something actually is before you decide to delete it. And with that said, here's my conversation with Andrea Scuderi. How long have you been doing mobile development for now? I started for fun in 2010. Back, back at the time, I was uh, in IT operation doing backend things, but I wanted to switch to development and I started doing iOS. And then uh, I, 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 my career started uh, in 2013, 2014 when I released my first app in the Apple Store. And then I didn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> So you enjoyed it that much? Yes, yes. I really, I really love this job because uh, it's like uh, when you when you play football, you can play as a goalkeeper, as I was doing before, or you can play as a um, as a scorer, which is what we do when we work for uh, for a front end um, app. So it's it's a total different. Uh, position and it's i really enjoyed this position <laughs> okay great that is good to hear so you mentioned your your first app which was track iso is that right yes yes do you still maintain it now uh it's, it's, it's on the apple store actually there are two versions of it one is the simple one and the other one um, allows you to to use the new feature of the um, file browser on the iOS uh, environment so you can uh, store the, your files on the, on the cloud basically on iCloud basically um, the app the app uh, was uh, I was I was cycling is back in 2010 and uh, because uh, I lived uh, in uh, in a mountain place uh, the Etna in Sicily so basically there's a lot of climbs they are very hard and there was no app to to evaluate the, the slope, so I started this just with the idea that uh, it was for me, and then I published it, and it's still there. And someone, sometimes uh, some some cyclists uh, contacted me, some 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 professional uh, team also, but some crazy guy as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
it, it's nice it's still there so if you if you like climbing i think it's uh, it's uh, it's good because basically you can download any any gpx track from uh, from everywhere if you have the elevation on it you can get the slope of your of your track so you can evaluate some the the place you want to go before you go which when the pen, the, the slope is uh, 10% is is night to know before <laughs> when you that was your first app right so when you started developing it how difficult would you say it was at the time i started back in 2010 but honestly just just added small features small things uh, just to learn ios and then uh, i spent uh, three three months to do the proper development and finish the app publish it on the store and I published it, it was uh, 2014. Too late because uh, many apps, uh, they, they, they got as well other similar features. So now the competition is, is too high. <laughs> so that was your first app and then you, you decided to go full-time. So have you been full-time the whole time or have you been contract work or a bit of each? I started contracting in Italy after, the, after this app. Consider the Italian market is completely different from the UK one, uh, as especially in the um, contractor freelance business. And uh, so I worked for a small company as a contractor and I made a bunch of apps for them. I maintained a bunch of apps for them. The first thing, engagement was for a bank. So I went to do this this app in this bank, and then and then I started maintaining their app. There was uh, an app to do business meeting, so it was a PDF that you can share with uh, with the iPad uh, between different um, uh, colleagues that you have in the same room. You can like uh, share uh, like comments or uh, drawing. And it was highly secure because, uh, you know, board meeting is uh, something that everyone should be uh, very secretive of what is doing. So the app was uh, also able to remove the, the document from, from, uh, from the back end. So if someone wants to remove your document, can do it from the back end. So it was, it was really, really nice. And then, and then, um, and then we did a similar job for a big company, which is Enel in Italy, and uh, uh, basically there we 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 made a documental process for this enterprise. Uh, and then I I realized that uh, I wanted to go in UK. <laughs> so five years ago, I moved here and uh, I started with IG Index, a uh, good place to understand how you can learn and you can improve your uh, unit test skill and this kind of things. Um, and, then, uh, and then I went to Time Out. Time Out uh, was a nice experience because uh, Everything was uh, in charge of me, so I've started the rebranding the app. If you download the app, you still see the logo that animates. I made it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it was uh, really nice. That's always nice, right? When you see things that are still in the app that you can point to and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and then I moved to this uh, big consultancy in London, which is BJSS, and is, um, is we, we got uh, many, many big clients, uh, uh, including DDSA, including uh, Waitrose, uh, Sky Sports. So the, as a, I, was, I was, and I am still an employee now, but working for them was uh, an opportunity to see different kinds of products in different uh, environments with the idea that uh, you can do very well engineering. Um, it's not just, uh, it's not, it was just an agency in which you do yeah, like the interface, nice UI, but then the product uh, doesn't have any continuous integration and unit tests. So it was a mix of, of both of the uh, characteristics. Because uh, on the landscape, as you know, there is like everything nice, no unit tests, and the app crashes after two days, or super, super engineering, everything is so, it's so structured that you cannot change it a single line, you cannot <laughs> yeah. So you, we need to find always a compromise between this <laughs> kind of situation. I think it's, this is common between uh, all mobile developers, not just <laughs> I was I was going to ask because it's only recently that I've I've started taking unit testing a bit seriously. I've I've worked in a lot of companies where when you go for the interview process, they they talk about you know we do unit testing, we do TDD, we do BDD, and then when you get there, they're like, oh, we don't have time for unit tests. Write the code, ship it. Write the next bit of code. There's no time for unit tests. And so it's only recently that I've started taking it a lot more seriously because when you start to work on a bigger team, then if you don't have unit tests, you don't understand what the code does and you don't know what you're breaking. So I just wanted to get your thoughts on the evolution of where you saw it before and where you see it now. Well, my, my experience uh, was, uh, was like this. So um, I, was, I was back in Italy and, uh, and uh, one day the app was uh, ready to be released and uh, uh, everything was fine. Um, not a single line of unit test, of course, and uh, and suddenly the app didn't work, start crashing, and I said, no, there's some something wrong in this because uh, we cannot uh, we cannot uh, work with uh, with this like it is an emergency. What's what's the solution for this? What's the solution? And the solution is to is to is to test it to test it properly. That means that you write uh, the the right amount of uh, of unit test. You write the, the right amount of integration test. The right amount of uh, manual test if it's required because you know on mobile you you cannot always test like uh, the cameras or I, I made the, I made an app for uh, for a startup called Buds Bike, and we put a beacon in the um, in the in the bicycle, and uh, and I test the app riding the side the bicycle. <laughs> so I, also my app, I also my app I test the the app uh, riding the bicycle because. Uh, you need to understand if you get the right uh, feeling, the right balance from the app. <laughs> so this depends, of course, from the from the target uh, you have, from the 
business and the level of maturity of the situation. Just, just for the thing is that uh, if you work for banks or for uh, government, you have to 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 deal with this. Is you cannot deliver something that's not to be tested because uh, you need to guarantee a kind of. Uh, uh, maintainability, reliability for the app. For example, the app I made for, for from scratch for DSA uh, has a code coverage of 80%, which is uh, quite a lot because uh, because as a, um, an OCR real-time scanner and also a, a, ca a camera, so that part you cannot test it very well, but the rest of the app is uh, is, is is quite tested. And also, if you start test, uh, testing, you start uh, learning how to improve your coding skill because, uh, the, I mean, on iOS, I don't know on Android, but on iOS, there is the, the risk of writing uh, the massive um, view controller, which is, uh, <laughs> which is something that you put everything there, you don't, you don't, do distinction between view models, uh, object, data, network layer. And if, if you have to do unit tests, you are forced to decouple the app. And at the end, it would be more maintainable, more easy to, to do so. My suggestion is don't, don't give up with it because, uh, because it's, uh, it's very important to, to guarantee the the quality of, of, of code, of course. And um, I understand that uh, always startup, uh, they try to remove this part. If you work for a startup, you can have two options. One option, nobody knows you, nobody download the app, that's it, you have failed. Okay, there is a, the opposite. You are so successful, that you fail because you are not able to scale up your product because uh, because uh, I don't know you have too many crashes uh, you cannot uh, cope with the, all the demand that you have so it's hard to to remain in the middle and moving in the right direction without uh, going in one of the opposite situation but. It, it, it's a it's a challenge <laughs> it's about finding that middle ground right because it's like you said if you're a startup it's faster to not do unit tests but if you start to become successful then you get slowed down because now you have to rewrite everything again because it doesn't actually like it's not it's not scalable yeah definitely so from looking online and from the brief conversation we had before it seems like something that interests you very much is is swift as working on the back ends so I read the Medium article and I got the bits that weren't specifically Swift related because I, I don't know Swift too well, but it was really interesting. So I wanted to see if you could bit, talk a bit about that. And also um, you mentioned at the start of the call that there was a really good mobile focused reason for why you're interested in this. So I'd like to find out a bit more about that as well. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's talk back over the startup experience because as a startup, what you do, you you, you test some some something new. For example, you test a new feature, you test something something new, and you 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 always need a a, a backend, right? The issue is that, uh, as I told you, if if your uh, your growth is uh, immediate, 
and you, you haven't planned to scale up, scale up your backend. You basically, you basically end up to add a lot of machine, for example, in, the, in your cloud environment, or to buy more hardware, and this, uh, this could cost a lot. The thing is, because you don't know how to plan this, because you don't, you don't have uh, at the beginning when you do something new, even for uh, for enterprise, this is still valid because uh, you can have uh, like uh, I, I worked for for enterprise as I told you, and even for as you can think as an enterprise as a small startup because you do like an internal product or a small product and you don't know how much feature you have, so. The idea of using um, Swift on AWS, which is uh, my article with uh, Lambdas, basically is to give you the opportunity to, to scale up your backend from day zero. So it's already scalable. You don't need to, you don't need, uh, to do nothing more than uh, uh, deploying the code and having it uh, um, running on the backend. And it's already scalable because uh, the advantage of using serverless is that you pay per use. You pay just when you when you get hit. So you, if you don't get hit, you don't pay, which, as you can imagine, is the ideal situation for a startup. Yes. <laughs> I started. I started a long time ago when when we we when we bought uh, server rooms, server. We start connecting cables, and and to have to have a small server, uh, a small rack. Uh, last time uh, I mounted one was uh, we spent uh, one hundred thousand k, which is you cannot afford it. Now me and you, we can have the same infrastructure for free. So this is, uh, I think, this is a big, big, big opportunity for uh, anyone, from a startup point of view, from indie developers, for uh, uh, small enterprise, and of course, it's not uh, serverless. Uh, it's not a simple palette because. Uh, you need to understand uh, if you have a constant flow, you need to maybe have other choice, but it's, uh, it's an opportunity. The opportunity to grow uh, when you need it. Okay, so it's a scaling thing, right? Exactly, so I learned this doing the app for DVSA because I made the, the mobile app plus the proof of concept of the backend, I made it with Node.js. And we, it's in production, so they, they are using uh, the app internally. And um, I learned exactly this. Uh, basically, you can, you can spend a few, few bucks a month to have an enterprise service. And my, my big regret was uh, that, uh, honestly, I'm, when I see a single line of JavaScript, I... I cannot copy with it. So <laughs> I started I started digging and I started looking for Swift on the server side. Two years ago I was uh, to a presentation of the new AWS Lambda stuff and uh, one of the evangelists uh, uh, was in contact. He told me, Andrea, there is no nothing uh, uh, you can do it. I said, Wow, uh, I'm not sure I can do it. 
and then this summer this summer still still wasn't working so i went in the sweet forms uh, everyone was stuck uh, and just had an intuition to use the new the new library that is made from uh, server side swift which is swift neo and basically the issue was that you cannot call uh, http request from uh, from outside the lambda so basically it's unusable because uh, if you need to call another service you cannot call it using that library it was working so it started a buzz on this i was invited to the to copenhagen this uh, this uh, november it was october um and i met a lot of interesting guys from apple from uh, from a lot of company uh, from all uh, europe uh, also from us from slack from amazon was nice because uh, I realized that, that uh, everyone wanted to do something new, something cool, and everyone was working together, even if the product was not the same. For example, I'm doing the Lambda, which is like the concurrent of Vapor or the concurrent of Smoke on AWS, but everyone, we are working together because we want that uh, Swift go forward and we, we all, uh, have this backend tool for us. You are more lucky, guys, because you can still use uh, Java on the backend. Is for you was the opposite. You you got the backend and then you got the mobile. But uh, we got the mobile. Uh, where where's the backend? <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think the same the same concept to to going back to your question. Um, how uh, as a mobile developer i can take advantage advantage of this i think it's very it's very interesting because you can have the same structure on on the front end that you can really are really portable on the back end this is this is also valid for kotlin so i encourage you to do the same with kotlin and we change the paradigm because now the paradigm is uh, Okay, we don't want to spend too much to do a good app. We want to spend to we want to we want we have a lot of web developers. Why don't we use uh, them to do the app? And I'm trying to do the opposite. We want to do a good app. We want to do a good design. We want to have uh, engaging UI. We want to have uh, best in class technology. And if you want to spare money, spare money on the backend not in the in the app because at the end it is the app that gives you the possibility to to grow nobody cares what happens in the back end i mean i mean if you're netflix and the back end doesn't work <laughs> yeah the front end user doesn't care if netflix is using aws or if they they have no idea as long as it works they don't care exactly they don't care. They care about the UI, the engagement, and the and the, and the good app. So I think this is a very mobile argument. It's not. It's not just uh, the idea of doing something on the back end. Uh, there, there is. Uh, I mean, as I've seen also Kotlin on, on this. So I encourage you to do the same because we need. Uh, we are allied both ios and android in this in this uh in this cultural war because uh because we are we have the same feeling we need to show 
something good to the people and we know that this it works like this and if you if you give something nice to the people maybe the the, the business will go forward otherwise in fact the most of these uh, these like uh, shortcut to build the apps are often in place in which you are forced to download the app imagine you have uh, you are forced because you are a customer of that service so the 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 app is just a plus it's not uh, uh, the main tool honestly as a, as a company your reputation is not so good from my point of view because uh, everyone compares the app uh, the big app that everyone has on the phone with the, the new app uh, down, he downloads uh, he or she and you see that uh, that uh, if there is a lot of difference you say oh this this company is, is not good uh, it's not good so the perception it's i think it's important so have you done have have you built stuff that's that's running now you said the the dvsa they use that internally and that's running on lambdas that's that's running now yes yes not in swift not in swift but basically the difference the difference is just that you, so when you run on serverless uh, you have a lot of component on aws but there is only one component which is called lambda which is the compute the computing things so if you can run this uh, you can run everything because that component is basically a client an api client basic one we do api client all the day you know <laughs> so it's a basic api client in which uh, that you used to call other services and you run maybe some task on it but the 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 lambda works like for the ideal uh, uh, job load is three seconds so you in three seconds you should do everything because uh, your your database is elsewhere your storage is elsewhere your uh, so it's it's a different philosophy of, of working it's not the because at the moment there is like the old school in which you have monolithic application the new old school which is the monolithic application built on kubernetes i i call yeah. them uh, new old school because uh, you still need to manage them and you need to put a lot of effort on it and there is the new new school which is why do we need uh, my old job it's not needed anymore <laughs> so okay so carrying on carrying on from there in terms of the server side swift you're an if you're an ios developer you know swift what's the learning curve from going to knowing no aws and lambdas to go in to be able to run your own backend service that you wrote in swift okay honestly it's hard to say because uh, my experience uh, i come from the backend as you understood so my, my experience was uh, it operations so means uh, you have to deal with uh, all the issues that you have on the backend side and then i was doing uh, some internal tool in Vodafone Italy, uh, web development, and then uh, I said, okay, but I really, I really love the development, and I switched to mobile. When was the time to switch to mobile? I think now is the time to think about new technology because uh, mobile is there. I don't think it's gonna change too much in the future. 
even if we have uh, like new library, new feature, but the product is there. I don't see, I don't see any, any big, big, big uh, news. The news is that you can, you can build your mobile app and your backend on your own. That's, that's a big news from, from my perspective. And the learning curve is, uh, I spend uh, some time to learn AWS. Honestly, if you download my code and you have an AWS account, you can just type the four commands and you have uh, the, the, the web online. Of course, of course, uh, this doesn't mean that you know how to do it. <laughs> but I don't. There is there is a learning curve on server side Swift because uh, there is a, the learning curve of learning Swift Neo, which has a different library from the client to call uh, to call uh, to do network call. So you need to to deal with this future promise. Uh, someone has used in uh, iOS in, with other tools, but they are similar but not uh, the same. They are similar to combine but not the same. They are similar to React but not the same. So it's. But honestly, if if you look at the code, it's quite uh, easy to read. I I hope. <laughs> 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 and and honestly, I I think I think it's not it's not so hard. It's not so hard. Okay, that's good to hear. Because the the apps that I've built for myself before, I don't know how to do any backend. The closest I've got to backend would be using something like Firebase Real Time Database or AWS AppSync, which basically is literally just a database. It doesn't give you any functions. So then you do all the the data manipulation on the front end and you put it on the back end and all you can do is make requests. So if you can build your own your own server and it's stateless, then especially for like independent developers, because then you can get started. And it's like you said, if no one's using it, you don't pay anything. And if people start using it, then you can start paying. So you get up and running much, much easier. Exactly. Uh, I didn't publish the, the next the next repo, which is the API one. So you can build this. So basically, it's very similar to the one I published. So it was just to to show up that you can even do a website, but it's it's even more easier to do a an API. So I will publish very soon. Uh, I need to finish something, and I will do it. I promise. And um, you realize that you can change just a class, some key, and you have uh, in five minutes you have your API done, and you can use that uh, that web page to interact with your backend. Maybe you know on on our side we we are we are talking about uh, front end from for backend. That means that you get. Uh, uh, things that are driving the app from the back end. For example, you get a list of objects or images and you can easily use this kind of tool on your side to configure your back end. You don't really need to publish it for, for everyone because uh, of course it's, it's a proof of concept. You need to engineering them properly. You need to test the security. But it's a good way to get up and running quickly, right? Exactly. Okay, very nice. All right. Well, I'll be I'll be interested to see when when the API library is up. That sounds really good. All right, cool. So 
I've got a couple more questions, um, like quick fire, just random app development questions that I'd like to hear your thoughts on. And um, so the first one is what do you think about if I'm a new app developer or let's say I'm, I'm a mid-level app developer, should I be looking at freelance work or should I be looking at full-time employment or do you think there's a difference? There's no difference. You don't care. What's your thoughts on that? I tell you my experience. I, I was doing freelancing on uh, in Italy, which is completely different from from here for many reasons. I don't want to enter in that because uh, it's kind of political. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But but um, uh, it's a choice. It's your personal choice because um, I, I I was I was lucky to work for a company as an employee, but at the same time to be to be a consultant for other company so this is a, a good position to see different technology so if you are curious to learn different technology it's a, it's a good uh, opportunity but on the other side if you stay in a in a company for 6 or 3 months just the time to finish that project you miss the, maybe the full picture, you miss how did, how did they grow or how to improve the product. So I don't think there is, a, there, everyone knows the maybe maybe in, in our life there are moments in which you need to do one and moments in which you need to do the, the other. I would not say do this or do that. I would say look, look at yourself, you what what you want to achieve. I always, uh, I always change job. And uh, when I change job, uh, I, I, I change because I have a clear goal in mind. In that company, I learn uh, unit tests. Okay, I go to, to IG index. In that company, I learn how to do a good UI. Okay, I go to timeout. Okay. But, but the way you go, it, it also depends from the, historical moment now with the ir35 i don't know if it's a good idea to, to be freelance <laughs> okay cool so then if if i'm learning app development i'm less let's just say i'm less experienced app developer than you are what is it that you think that app developers should be learning on that they need to know in in 2020 if they want to move forward with an app development career I think this this uh, I think this is uh, there is a big difference between Android and iOS because uh, on iOS uh, you need to stick what uh, on what Apple suggests. So I would say if you're starting now, do Swift Swift UI because uh, you cannot cope with the legacy code. It's it's too hard. Start start from from that. Build your app, uh, make it working, uh, solve all the issues you get, and you will learn, you will learn a lot. Because uh, the way I, I, I learn is I, when I do something. So I do, I do this, this, uh, these experiments because I want to learn, not because I want to, to do something more. And, and uh, it's, it's a good way because uh, you challenge yourself because if you you need to put something on GitHub and anyone uh, to see it, start saying, "Okay, uh, okay, let's do it properly." The other people will <laughs> will see all, all what I write there. So, 
do do these kind of things do your project if you don't have uh, your project try to do your uh, git project who knows because um uh, we, we we don't know if even a small project could be very successful in in swift in swift server side there are a lot of uh, greenfield you just go there and you can start uh, whatever you like a uh, friend of mine uh, had the, the idea to do the day 64 uh, uh, class it wasn't existing and it was successful <laughs> <laughs> So for new new learners, I think, but it's not just Swift or, or Android or, or, or iOS. It's, uh, if you are, you are new learners, try to to learn what is uh, what is the new thing in the in the market. The, that's that's as a, another side effect because if you are a new learner, and you are a web developer. Uh, you tend to learn uh, all the JavaScript library that are coming out. And that, that's the problem of JavaScript. There are too many, too many libraries that you don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the front, the front end makes it much easier. There's not really a going backwards. It's you, learn, you learn what's new and you learn what's going forward and that's that. But I have the feeling that many, many starts, okay, I don't understand how it works this library, this library will do mine, and then maybe they will become successful and they will adopt the library. But <laughs> I think it's not sustainable in the, in the long term because uh, as an Android developer, you don't want to learn every time how to do a network call. It's just a network call. Why should spend time to learn... Uh, the new library that does uh, something that I really do in many, many times. Okay, so what do you think separates an okay front-end developer from a great or good, if you don't want to go that far, developer, in your opinion? Um, that's, that's a good question. First of all, you need to know, with, you know very well the language. And you need to you need to you need to be curious. If you have this curiosity to learn new things and to to look at what's going on in the language in the platform, uh, it's always a, it's, it's always a good thing. But in my experience, we to be a good developer, you need to also to interact with other parts of the team. It's not just that you do it, because you can write a super nice code super nice classes uh, or super complex uh, but you need to you need to work with designers you need to work uh, with ba uh, you need to work with qa so it's important that you balance the skill you have to deal with the other people because at the end the app is a product of uh, all these groups of group of people it's not just a developer uh, as a developer, you can, I mean, unless you are, I mean, there are very nice cases. The, the guy who, who wrote um, the, 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 uh, the app for, it's called the, uh, the app, it basically a bird that uh, jumped on the hill. It's called uh, Tiny Wings. 
So basically, it was one man band. He wrote, he made the the graphics, he made the music, he made the the app, he made the backend, he made everything. Uh, I was inspired by him, honestly, when I started writing the, my app. But I realized that I'm not uh, a market man. <laughs> I'm not a BA. I'm not. Uh, I'm. I, I like design, but I'm not a designer. So at some point, you have to you have to understand what's your the right your right position. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a unique position to find a developer that can do all of that, because most most of us are good at development, and that's where it stops. Oh, maybe maybe we are good at development, but when you when you start doing a company. You're not uh, you're not interested in doing marketing or in doing uh, public relation because it's not you want to code it. That's it. <laughs> so is is there anywhere that you want me to direct people to, like a GitHub or a, a LinkedIn page or a social media? Or anything? Um, yes, I have a GitHub repo which is called uh, Swift uh, Sprinter. There you will find uh, all the library to work with uh, AWS. If you want to try my app, you're free to, to do it. You can find it on the App Store. It's called Trakaize. If Especially if you're a cyclist and you like climbs, I think it's really nice. I didn't spend too much time on marketing on it because at some point I realized that it's, uh, it's, it's, very, it's very hard. It's very hard. <laughs> big thank you to today's guest Andrea Scuderi you can find him on LinkedIn and you can find some of the server-side Swift projects that he discussed on his GitHub page at github.com slash Andrea Scuderi as always you'll find the show notes as well as links to everything we talked about in today's episode at robj.me slash coffee and coding if you like the show you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts personally I use Pocket Casts so shout out to them And if you really like the show, please do leave us a five-star review. It helps others find the show just like an app. The higher the rating, the more visible it becomes. And it makes us feel good. Finally, if you'd like to follow me online, you can find me everywhere at LowCarbRob or you can find me online at RobJ.me. And that's all from me. Thanks for listening. And I hope to catch you next week on the Coffee and Coding Podcast.